are here live at C2 Montreal. Uh, I am Chris Denson, the host of Innovation Crush, here with Linda Boff. Say hello. How are you? Hello. It's great to be here with you, Chris. Great. Um, um, so tell us a little bit about your job, which My is job. a big job. So I am uh, fortunate enough to work for an amazing company, GE, and to be the global CMO. So what does that mean in English? I You're on look, a plane a lot. Yeah, I'm on a plane a lot. Exactly. That's, that's part of what it means. So I look after um, our brand, how our brand comes to life in 190 countries, wow. how the story of GE gets told, um, both the story of who we are today and the story of sort of who we're becoming. Um, we have uh, marketers all across our different businesses, GE Healthcare, aviation, transportation, energy, et cetera. So we've got sort of a you know great group of marketers around the company. And you know we're constantly challenging each other on how do we go to market in the most forward way possible? And that might be storytelling or it might be digital commerce. So, you know, kind of thinking about what is it that our audience needs? What does the market need? Right. And then how do we figure it out? Who Who is your audience, right? You, you, have, a, you have an ingredients brand, but or also just a big umbrella brand. Well, so I, I think of us as a branded house. You know, we go to market as GE across the world, right? They're not sub brands the way there are for Procter right. & Gamble or Unilever. You know, that being said, we have a lot of audiences, you know, so we have customers, but our customers come in different shapes and sizes. It's a utility executive um, or a plant manager or a hospital administrator or a CIO of an, of an industrial business. Right. Um, so we've got lots of different customers. Um, we have future employees. You know, as a company that literally employs over 300,000 people, wow. we're always looking for great new talent. Something I talked about earlier today was this program we launched called Balance the Equation, where we're trying to get 20,000 women in tech jobs by 2020. Fantastic. It's fed, I, honestly, yeah. it's like my heart beats harder when I talk about this <laughs> one. Um, so future employees, future workforce is important to us. And then, you know, sort of um, thought leaders and new audiences. Right. You know, the people, um, the generation that hasn't really grown up with GE. Yeah. So in that way, it's both easy and hard. There's no baggage, if you will. They aren't necessarily thinking of us as an appliance company. Yes. So it, that's good. You have a little bit of a blank slate. And at the same time, you know, it's tough, as you know, from, you know, all the work you do and the conversations yeah. you must have. It's a tough generation to, to reach. Oh, yeah. So we we are um, very creative, very innovative <laughs> when it comes to how do we well, talk yeah, And I want to touch on that in a second, yeah. you know, but at the same time, you know, what's the through line, you know, that yeah. kind of exists? Because that's multiple different Ooh, yeah. audiences. But yeah. I feel like every time I encounter a piece of GE advertising or marketing, I feel inspired. Whether it's like, oh, an idea used to look ugly and you got the you know, the creature that actually comes to life and I like yeah. a, almost a tear-jerking commercial. I don't, almost at that point, as a consumer, I don't care what the company does. I'm, it, like, exactly. I'm, I'm on board. Well, right. it's interesting you say that because I think of GE as a mission-driven company, right? A company with a purpose. And our purpose is to take on really tough world problems and help solve them. And I guess any company can say that. At the same time, the kinds of problems we take on are remote healthcare, or electric electricity to right. the billion people who don't have it, um, cleaner, more efficient locomotives. So when you come to work at GE, and I'll kind of make this connection back to our marketing, you, you come to work on 
big things that matter. You know, I made the comment earlier today, we dream in scale. You know, that's the advantage of a really big company. And I, I guess what I would say in our marketing is we always try to uh, be really human, really accessible, a bit unexpected, a little bit of a wink, right. if you will, because the things we do are fairly or woke, as they say in the community. Yes. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. There's a little bit of a geekiness, I think, to our message, right. sort of this deep comfort with who we are, a company that's kind of always been about people who are curious, sort of the Thomas Edison, the even as a woman, the little boy and all of us that sort right. of wonders and, you know, looks to what the world needs. So that's kind of a through line through yeah. everything we do. I love that, especially for what most people would perceive as a tech company to have this human very much It's so. like, it's very different. It's not like we're the most efficient and like, it's not about the numbers, oh. it's about the feeling. That's, that's, that's well, a really interesting distinction. One of the things I talked about earlier was this idea of slash, right? You know, the higher you're, you're on the quote board over there. The oh. year of slash. Woo! That, I feel really good about that. Yeah, That's you're famous. Awesome. You're a I'm, right, famous. I'm right next to Octopus Advertising. Yes. And Shout out to Octopus. Shout out to Octopus wherever <laughs> you are. God bless you. So, uh, you know, when I think about sort of this idea of year of slash, it's digital and industrial, which is the company we are, but it's also big and small, right? right. Even if you're big, even if you, you know, play and scale the way we do, big has to be personal. Right. And I think that's super important. Nobody wants to interact with a brand, with a company <laughs> that feels like a company. You right. interact with people, just regular people. Yeah. And we've got great people at the company, engineers and scientists and you know the like. So give us an example of like maybe one of your favorite creative moments thus far. Yeah, um, great question. So um, you and I were talking about it a, a, a minute ago. The um, couple years ago, we had this idea of how do you personify the spirit of, of GE? And we came up with this idea creature who uh, we did this little film around. And, you know, he's somebody who just can't find a, can't find a home, can't find people right. like him until he sort of is embraced with GE. So that's a creative moment I love. But I'll give you a couple others and it's sort of a different scale. So at uh, not at C2, maybe next year at C2, but at South by Southwest a couple years ago, um, we did a um, barbecue research center. I love that barbecue. That's the, the... awesome. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. not, so, you know, South by's barbecue, Austin's barbecue, everybody loves that. But we took it a scientific angle and we smoked brisket and we measured the data and we had people eating barbecue and measuring brain waves on barbecue. So that was just fun. And I'll give yeah. you one other because I have a feeling you like kicks. I kind of am liking what's on your feet right now. So <laughs> it's you. a way to drive some tangibility around a brand that, you know, let's face it, sometimes you don't think about your electricity until there's a blackout. So, you know, we can be a bit invisible as a brand. So it's a way to make ourselves tangible. Um, we uh, uh, actually produced a pair of kicks um, for the 45th anniversary. The moon boots. Moon boots. Yes. With yes. Android Ohm. Whoa, you are good. You are good. <laughs> you are either really smart or you are really well prepared or probably it's got to be both. Just well right? informed, I guess. I don't know. I'm nosy. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and we did it as a way to talk about the super materials that GE manufactures and we put on the outsides of jet engines and our machinery. Yeah. But we did it in, as you know, a really fun way, partnered with Android Ohm and Jack Threads and 
put these suckers on sale. Would you ever, look, let's take the, the GE barbecue concept yeah. for a second. Would you ever do your own version of a Bubba Gump's, you know, kind of <laughs> <laughs> like create, create your own restaurant and I have the GE barbecue uh, as a series of restaurants? Well, I don't know. I don't know if we do that, but I'll tell you what we did do, which is not far fetched from where you are at all, is based on the sort of success we saw at South by, we took this 12 foot super smoker right. and we brought it to college campuses. Oh, and that's had, super cool. And we had tailgate parties. And oh, instead brilliant. of like setting up a, you know, sort of like dopey recruiting tent, right. we said, hey, come have some barbecue, hang out with us, and let's, you know, let's talk about what GE does. So maybe not Bubba Gump, but yeah, I don't know. Pretty yeah. good. I see a collaboration app. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, this is a, a semi-new role for you, yes? Like, I mean, a couple uh, of years be, in. Yeah, a couple yeah. of years. Um, and a year and a half. There's some thinking around, you know, uh, uh, the first-time leader. There's a good friend yeah. of mine named George Brad who wrote a book um, called First-Time Leader. And he talks about, like, one of the key things to success, because most new C-level executives fail within the first year for whatever reason, yeah. Yeah, is to get in and get a win. Yeah. Right? What were some of the early wins you, you know, went after yep. when you yep. first took the, yep. the, the that's chair? Really good, that's really good advice. I like that. Um, so I, I guess a couple. Um, one is, um, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, so GE is transforming to be a company that is digital and industrial, right? Making things and connecting things, manufacturing and, and insight and data. But that's like a mouthful. Even in just saying that to you, that was a mouthful. You're right. like, hmm, what am I going to think about next? So we tried to bring this to life in a way that was incredibly relatable and engaging. We created this character. Owen, who was a prototypical um, uh, young person who was telling his family and friends he got a job at GA. And uh, we did a set of commercials around these. And they, Chris, they just were like maybe one of the best set of wow. ads we've ever done. They defined what we're trying to do. They spoke to recruits. Recruiting went up 800%. Are you serious? No, it was insane. It was insane. <laughs> it was like your friend George Brett was right. Like it was a nice early win. So I think there's something to be said about um, – you know, the marriage of ideas and action. And I, I think as, as marketers, as creatives, we, we sort of, you know, I'm, we, you're, yeah. you're part of the we on this one, you know, we thrive on ideas. Yeah. But I think you, you have to be able to sort of take those ideas and, and you know, sort of put them into practice. Oh, yeah. so Any idea is only as good as it's executed. Totally, so. It totally is. Um, so on this, I'll sticking on the recruiting side yeah. for a second, uh, 20,000 women. How many are you on so far? So we <laughs> one no exactly um, like seventeen. We have nineteen. There. No, we have about um, uh, roughly fourteen thousand women right now. To get to twenty thousand by twenty twenty, which is both a short amount of time, um, it's still a thirty five percent jump. So it's that's huge. It's, yeah. it's ambitious. Right. So we are out there now, uh, sort of doing two things: focused on recruiting, focused on retention. Recruiting, we're going to universities with that are graduating more female engineers. So if you have the choice between University A, which has eleven percent of their engineering class that are female, and University B that has right. 48% will pick University B. So sometimes it's choosing different universities than where we have recruited in the past. And um, uh, the other part of this, which is going really well, is increasing the percentage of women in our entry level programs right. to 50%. And we're in the 40s. So, you know, we're going to we're going to get there. That's great. It's it's not easy, but it's important. And it's it's important, um, I think, for GE to be a catalyst on this. You know, this is our whole industry, the That's tech great. industry, if you will, uh, could do better. 
When you earlier when we were talking, you mentioned uh, you, you know you focus on who you are and who you're becoming. Yeah. As an as an organization, uh, define that latter part of the the sentence. Yeah, yeah. So I would say that you know as a company, and this is one of the great things about GE is that we are this engine of progress, right? We iterate, iterate, iterate. So you know what started as Thomas Edison's light bulb company is now this company in you know nearly 200 countries, energy, healthcare, um, uh, transportation, but the company we're becoming is this idea of a company that is looking at and changing how industry can be more productive. Mm. So just as from a consumer point of view, you know, I want to be able to walk into my kitchen and simply ask Alexa to play whatever music I'm addicted I want. To Alexa addicted. Yeah. <laughs> like, addicted to Alexa. Yeah. So what does Alexa do? It's frictionless. It's convenient. It's a great experience. Saves you time. So apply that to industry. Right. How do we make industry work better? That's a big part of our future. And I would say the other piece piece is are what does manufacturing look like in the future? Mm. You know, we're really excited about this idea of additive. So think 3D printing, but for industry. Right. So I brought a couple props with me. Not here, but that's okay because oh, it's man. just voice. You know, you'll contact I'm actually 3D printed, which is... Well, you, you, yeah. you, they did a good job. Yeah. A really, really nice job. Um, AA batteries. <laughs> good to go. So uh, on stage <laughs> earlier, I showed a 3D printed jet engine nozzle. Oh, geez. So, okay. Like, super cool. So, like, imagine the, you know, the, the worker of today not turning a wrench, per se, but 3D printing a, a, a jet engine nozzle. I brought a 3D printed um, hard um, a femur bone. And, you know, at this point, it's more diagnostics, right? right? Imagine a doctor being able to see the replica that's digitally printed of a pediatric heart and wow. being able to see the defect and show it to the parents. I mean, you oh, know, where yeah. information, where you want to know where all of this is. Again, uh, back to the human piece of it, right? It always comes down piece. to people. It's back to the human piece. So to us, the future is it's additive. It's factories that are brilliant, mm -hmm. right? And those aren't two words that normally go together, brilliant and factory, yeah. but a factory that's self-optimized. And then look, you know, some of the big questions we're asking are what's which I think everybody is asking um, what's the future of work where right. will people work I don't How? want to work in the future it's, it's... well that would be that would be bad, right if the future maybe the future work but, but, that would be kind of fun yeah, exactly. but if, if there is some work involved in the future of work what will it be I right. mean, will it be remote or will it I think I saw last week IBM announced that you know, they, they'd had this remote workforce. Now they're calling them all back to headquarters. So maybe in the future, people want community because we spend so much time right. with our tech devices. So we're kind of obsessing over what the and future is. With that, like, you know, how much ex experimenting do you guys do? Because, you know, like, from a marketing and experience standpoint, I, like, there's been some amazing, what well, you talked about commercials, you talked about a barbecue, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, how much of that is experimentation, yeah. like the risk versus reward? Yeah, so it's such out. a great question. So a couple years ago, um, within my marketing team, I set up what I called a disruption lab with the idea being that we needed to spend a few bucks and we needed to have a couple resources that thought about what was around the corner. Can't be what we do all the time, can't be the majority of our time and money, but if we're not making it a priority, right. you, risk losing th you risk losing the ability to see and try things. So on the marketing side, experimentation is really important. Yeah. Um, you know, now this, this week in particular, I think tomorrow I'm doing a, a round table around voice. So we're kind of asking ourselves, 
what's the future of voice? You and I right. were just obsessing over Alexa. What's the future of voice for a brand? Right. Right. I mean, what happens? Push it forward when you don't actually see the logo. What right. happens when you don't see the packaging? What does that mean for a brand? How are you disintermediating? So experimentation is super important on the marketing side. As a company, look, we were founded by an inventor. So experimentation is, is part of our DNA. We have a tremendous uh, group. A colleague of mine runs GE Ventures. Mm. We do bets, small bets yes. on companies like Rethink uh, Robotics out of Boston with Rodney Brooks. You participated in the Global Entrepreneurship Summit uh, right. last year. That's exactly yeah. right. I've yeah. a few of the, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. So uh, is that experimentation? It's certainly early bets. Right. And I, I think you just have to do that as a company. Uh, you've got a lot of moving pieces to juggle. <laughs> I almost feel bad for you, but uh, don't feel bad. I'm sure for me. I have a great job. You're here in Montreal. Yeah, yeah exactly, and it's pretty cool. Here. <laughs> um, uh, define the the term ecosystem uh, through your lens. Yeah, it's you know I love that it's the theme of C two. I I think it's one of these terms ideas that uh, we're all kind of trying to define. Here's what it means to me. To me, it's this idea that we've got to operate as a collective that um, whether you work at a, a, a big company like a GE or a startup, um, whether you're on the, the creative side or the data side, we have to figure out a way to, to kind of come together and share knowledge. So I think there's a big piece of this, which is the ecosystem of different ways in, different approaches, being able to zoom in and zoom out. Um, I think of community. I'm right. a big sort of community fan. I yeah. think... Um, you, you know, the ability for all of us or many of us to, to come together and think about, okay, what can we create as an ecosystem? And then even, Chris, something as simple as, you know, how do we go to market? You know, yeah. once upon a time, not crazy long ago, marketers had, what, three, four networks? Yeah. I mean, insane. Needed. That's right. all you needed. So today, what's the ecosystem for a marketer? Right. I mean, it's, um, it, well, it's not infinite. It certainly isn't finite, you know, and it's this mixture, this this lovely patchwork, I yeah. find it lovely, of podcasting and virtual reality and analog and digital and experiential. Right. I mean, you know, we sit here in this amazing aquarium in this incredible space and, you know, it's hard to argue with just the power of experience. That's part of the ecosystem. Oh, yeah, no, you walk into an environment like this, you're like immediately stuck. Like I have goosebumps now. It's just like, you're like, oh, exactly. I feel like elevated right. creatively, right. spiritually. Like this is, the, this is the, I don't, I don't know, I'm going to use, I don't know what the right words are, the unconvention convention or right. something, right? I mean, it's just sort of reinventing it. So uh, to me, ecosystem is, is a lot of those different things. Uh, one last question, yeah. um, you know, and that idea of like collaboration and there's a lot of different people here from a lot of different businesses and industries and creative outputs. Um, how should people think about collaborating with the GE? I'm sure that's a question you probably get often in the hallway. It's like, oh, I have a blah, blah, blah. Um, but how do, you, like, how do people filter and, and really think about? Yeah, so I would say that we are so much more open to collaborating with teeny, small, mid-sized companies and enterprises than people would think. Um, you know, uh, oh, I don't know, several years back, um, we created our first big open challenge around the smart grid, mm. which is which ain't so oh, yeah. smart, right? It's the grid that Thomas Edison would still recognize if he came back today. And we said, okay, you know. That's not a project, is it? 
you guys aren't trying to bring Thomas Edison. We're back. not trying. No, no, no. Okay. Not, not, not today. We'll say. You know, maybe that's maybe that's a different kind of future work. So, um, but we opened up this challenge and said, "What ideas do, do you, the community, have to make the grid smarter? What are ideas, you know, for um, new sources of energy?" And we got tens of thousands of ideas. So I use that as an example because we are really open to collaboration. Personally, I spend. I would probably guess 10 to 15% of my time with startups, wow. um, trying to learn from them. If they get something out of it, it's a bonus, hopefully. Yeah. But um, but I take away so much when it comes to speed and agility and ability to pivot quickly, right. and understand failure and sort of take from that lesson. So I guess I would say we're, we're – we're open and interested in, in uh, hearing from lots of different great. people. So, well, thank you so thank much you. for this joining us. This was really fun. This was fun. Yeah, it was um, great to talk to you. you. And you made the wall and everything. So, you're, I, I'm, you're, I'm super you're impressed. Famous gonna, forever. I know exactly. Anyway, thanks so much. <laughs> thank you. Great we'll, talking. We'll be back with another interview. 